Welcome back to the Next Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Brooks Huber, joined alongside by Andrew Christensen. We have so many great topics with free agency around the corner. Today is Tuesday when we're recording this, and the um, the franchise take deadline has just passed, so we have a ton to talk about. Andrew, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday afternoon? Doing well. Like you said, free agency um, has brought some great topics to us, and I think we got a lot to discuss here. I'm looking forward to talking about all this stuff. Um, a lot of stuff happened. Dak Prescott, after two and a half years or so, finally got his extension. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the players who did get franchise tagged, and then some that could have gotten franchise tagged, and now we're on the open market. So we have a lot to talk about, Andrew. Um, would you like to start right now? Let's do it. So Dak Prescott yesterday signed a four-year, $160 million deal with $126 million in guarantees. His deal includes a no-trade clause and a no-tag clause. So in four years, he will be a free agent again. This deal for me is a great deal by both sides. Jerry Jones finally has to stop hearing about how the Cowboys haven't re-signed him. They finally put all these negotiations away. They had their guy for four more years, and now it's more now about building the defense. And I'm looking at his contract. People are saying, oh, overpaid this and that and the other. Well, they're not looking at how valuable quarterbacks are nowadays. When you know you have your guy, you pay him whatever he wants. So in four years when his contract will be up, Kyler Murray will have a higher contract. Justin Herbert will have a higher contract. Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, probably Aaron Rodgers. The list goes on and on. Um, Patrick Mahomes still will. Deshaun Watson will have a new deal. So many more quarterbacks will have a higher pay than Dak Prescott, regardless if they're better than him or not. That's just how the market's going. So what are your thoughts on this? Because I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, and just to kind of add to that, people look at the numbers right now, like you said. They look at the value, and they're like, wow, they overpaid Dak. But if you think back, you know, one person I can think of is Kirk Cousins, right? Um, when he got his deal, he was, what, a, a top three paid quarterback. And, you know, whether you think that was a good good um, signing or not, that that's up to you. But I just want to use that to point out that now he's, I think number seven or eight on the list. So as time goes along, people are going to get bigger and bigger contracts. And so like you said, it may look like they overpaid them, but you give it a couple years and there's going to be quite a few names above them. Yeah, and so he's going to be earning $75 million in year one, but only is going to be 22 and a half against the cap in 2021. So for reference, the Eagles are paying Carson Wentz $33.8 million this year, who's not even on their roster. So... His contract is very good for a few reasons this year and for the next few years. It's going to be low enough for them to re-sign their own guys, but also sign other guys that can contribute on the offensive line in the running back group, the defense. So Dak agreed to put more money on the back end of the contract, help the Cowboys sign for agents now. And my guess is on year three or year four, he'll either restructure it or get an extension, which will actually lower the cap it as well. So in 2021, he has 22.2 million. 2022, he has 33.3 million. Uh, and then he gets paid 10 million more um, on his third year and then 5 million more on his fourth year. 
but the third and fourth year could probably be restructured or extended. So this is a very team-friendly deal, which people are not looking at. Um, and I had to actually look up um, what signing bonus actually like meant with the salary cap, and it's actually pretty confusing. Basically, he got $66 million signing bonus, the highest in NFL history. He gets that money now, but it's like spread across the next like six years or whatever. Uh, I have no idea how that works. Do you? You know, I'm I'm not too positive on it either, but, um, you know, just kind of transitioning a little bit, we watched Dak before he got injured last year play pretty much as good as you can, right? I mean, the amount of yards he was putting up, he was keeping the Cowboys in the game with their horrific defense. And so with that being said, you know, they can pay Dak as much as they want, but they really have a lot of other areas to cover up because even if Dak played like he did last year, they're still going to have issues. Well, yeah, I think, first of all, they have to make sure he's healthy, and right now he is doing great with his rehab, you know, getting back faster than they're expecting, which is awesome, but you don't want to get him back too fast. Um, but they do need, if they want to be the NFC's champs, like I think everybody thinks they can be capable of, they're going to need to sign a somewhat big free agent piece on defense this offseason, especially since Dak's cap hit is $15 million less than if he was on the franchise tag. So for me, one possible under the radar free agent that, you know, it's not going to fix their horrific defense, but can definitely help it would be the Cowboys going after former Falcon safety, Keanu Neal, who did not get the franchise tag um, today. And the only reason why I bring up his name is because he's had injury history, so he could probably get a discount, and you know the talent's there. And with Dan Quinn as the Cowboys defensive coordinator, I think he would be open to reuniting with him. And for me, it just makes too much sense for them not to go after him, looking at their talent at safety. Because he's 26, and they need secondary help badly, so why not take a chance at him? Because he's just sitting there in free agency, and he's played his entire career for Dan Quinn. Yeah, Brooks, to kind of piggyback off you, like you said, the Cowboys really need to improve their secondary. That was one of their worst uh, spots last year. And kind of like what we mentioned, Dak can put up 400 or 500 yards a game, but if they're giving up 40 points a game, they're going to have a hard time winning. So I, I like your pick at safety there. I also would include cornerbacks. I could see them going for one in the in the draft, but some, some other cornerback free agents to keep in mind would be someone like maybe Bashad Breland or Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I had Patrick Peterson um, going to the Cowboys in my last free agent post just because he might not be demanding as much money, um, but he's still productive as a corner. Um, another thing to think about, though, so like them extending Dak finally does not really help their chances to win the NFC East because we know how terrible their defense was last year. But you gotta imagine that now they don't have Mike Nolan commanding that defense. I think they'll be a little bit better. And if they sign a you know a good enough piece in free agency for that secondary, do you think they'll win NFC East? Or who's your early NFC East pick right now? I mean, I feel like every every year, probably like you, we pick the Cowboys to win it. They have a, a ton of talent. You know, in the past years, they've had an amazing offensive line. They have guys like Zeke. Amari Cooper, adding C.D. Lance, stuff like that. So 
they they for the past few years have been at the top of my list, but definitely have underachieved in those past years. Um, with that being said, it's going to be, I think, a competitive year in that division. It's going to be interesting to see where the Washington football team goes for their quarterback because if they could find someone that really fits their system to go along with their defense, they could be dangerous. But but in the end, I, I think with Dak getting this large contract, the pressure's on for him to deliver, and that's why I think the Cowboys need to win the division this year. Yeah, I think regardless of who they add on the defense, I think they'll have the best shot just looking at everybody's rosters right now to win the NFC East. But as we all know, things change, whether it's with injuries or you know, players not living up to the hype or whatnot. But I'm going to have them as my favorites just until I can see what Washington does at quarterback. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they draft or, if, you know, they magically trade for Watson or whatever. Like if they can get Trey Lance or Justin Fields or something like that in the draft, I think then they will be my top team in the NFC East. Or if the Giants can get a guy like Kenny Galladay like, that we're going to talk about later then they could be the top team in the NFC East. I don't know how the Eagles will be just because they have a very young coaching staff and a young quarterback, so we'll see how that works out. But yeah, as of right now, I have the Cowboys on the top of the NFC East. Um, now let's talk about free agents who haven't gotten a deal or tagged by their team yet that are hitting free agency. There are a lot of big names and a lot of players that were deemed necessary to get tagged but didn't. Some names to list a few. Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay, Shaq Barrett, Carl Lawson, Johnny Smith, Joe Tooney, John Johnson, Yannick Nagakwe, and Matt Judon. We'll be talking about a handful of these guys, but let's also look at some of the guys who did get franchise tagged. Justin Simmons, Mark, Marcus May, Brandon Sheriff, Chris Godwin, Cam Robinson, which was a shocker. Leonard Williams, Allen Robinson, Taylor Moen, Marcus Williams and then Dak Prescott so they get this deal done so with that in mind let's start off with Cardinals edge rusher Hassan Reddick he did not get franchise tagged although many thought he would or would have gotten a contract where do you see Mr. 12 and a half sacks going next year yeah I don't really have an overwhelming favor right now but one team to throw out there would be the Carolina Panthers what do you think about that Brooks yeah, I like that. I think they have a young defense and they have cap room to pull it off. But the only thing I'm hesitant on is if you're going to be paying Hassan Reddick the money he wants, how does that affect possibly trading for Deshaun Watson You know, with the cap space? So I don't think that's my preferred destination for him or him. But my pick is it's either going to be the Jets or the Colts in my mind. Both have an insane amount of cap space and both are in need of edge rushers. The 26-year-old who came off his best season of his career with 12 and a half sacks could benefit off of having or being on both of these teams greatly. Both of them are, well, the Colts are in a better position to contend, but I think the Jets are building something down there with a higher Robert Salah, and I think they could be something in like three-ish years. Um, so for what Hassan Reddick wants, he wants to get paid those two teams would have the most money to offer him. I think the Jets will make a better offer, but the Colts could be more enticing for him. Um, but yeah, that that's my opinion on it. All right, Brooks, moving on to the next free agent, where do you think Joe Tooney will end up? Yeah, Joe Tooney, he's a great player. Um, and after seeing that the Patriots 
trade for Trenton Brown at 5 a.m. on Tuesday morning, you could kind of expect that Tooney was not going to get the franchise take. And that is, in fact, what happened today. Um, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, which would be a great fit, but I expect the Jets to be in on him as well. I think Tooney would be an amazing pickup for the Bengals because they are prioritizing protecting Joe Burrow, their young star quarterback, this free agency and draft. And I think if they take Tooney and somehow uh, um, Sewell falls to them, they'll be having an amazing offseason. Because Tooney, he only allowed two quarterback hits in 2020 and has been called for three penalties in the past two seasons. So Tooney is one of the better guards in the NFL, and I expect he'll be getting a big payday from the Bengals and around $15 million. Where do you see the star guard ending up? Yeah, unfortunately, Brooks, you took my pick as well. I think the Bengals would really benefit from having Tooney. Uh, like you said, they're they're trying to build their franchise around Joe Burrow, and what better than to add a, a guard like Tooney that can protect him. So with that being said, I think it's pretty obvious that he's the, the top guard that's available right now in free agency. So if the Bengals could get him, that'd be a, a huge pickup. Um, but I also I also think with every free agent, you can mention the Jets, like you said. Uh, even though some people are like, oh, the Jets, you know, they're terrible last year. They're an intriguing spot for free agents right now because with a new head coach, they're kind of starting over there, and they also have a ton of money to offer free agents. So my top pick is the Bengals, like you said. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah, but let's say the Jets do, in fact, get tuning. Does that alter their plans at like at the second pick in the draft? Because I personally think that they should keep Darnold, but many experts say they're going to take Zach Wilson. So let's say they stick with Darnold, they take Tooney. Do they take Sewell at two, or do they maybe take Jamar Chase? Like there could be so many different things that could come out of this decision. So like, what do you think they would do there? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But if you think about it, if they're going to assign Tooney, I think it'd be a good idea to go for a quarterback just because you're having two new guys coming at the same time. You know, they can build a bond together and they can really learn. I think some people don't realize the importance of, you know, starting with someone else. You definitely can grow closer with them. You guys can learn together. And, I mean, there's not many more guards that would be more beneficial to a new quarterback like Tooney. So, I think if they're going to go quarterback, this would be a great pickup. Otherwise, I think they should look elsewhere. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens because the Jets, I think they have like $77 million in cap. So I'm not saying spend all of it this offseason, but spend a good amount to try to get some stars to go to, to New York and try to build that franchise back up. Um, let's move on to our next one. Kenny Galladay was a surprised um, player that did not get franchise tagged because I thought he was going to get franchise tagged, and I think a lot of everybody else did as well. Um, he'll be commanding 18 to $20 million in his next contract per year, and he's a top 12 to 15 wide receiver when healthy. So where do you see the star wide receiver going? Yeah, I think when you, when you talk about Kenny Galladay, I think the first team that comes up is the Miami Dolphins. You know, there's been some recent news that they might pursue him. However, if you look at the Dolphins' draft spot, many people think they're going to reunite Tua with um, an Alabama wide receiver. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm assuming the Dolphins know what they're going to do in the draft, hopefully. 
So with that being said, if they sign Kenny Galladay, I think it'd be kind of interesting to see if they'd trade back or not. So the Dolphins is probably the number one team for me right now. What do you think? Yeah, I like that pick a lot because like I mentioned on the last podcast, um, and when I picked Aaron Jones to go to the Dolphins, the name of the game this offseason is building around Tua and building players that can help Tua succeed and grow as a quarterback. And I think the Giants are going to be trying to do the same thing this offseason. So that's why my pick is going to be Kenny Galladay to the Giants. You know, they inquired him. Um, they inquired about him in October via trade, uh, but talks didn't really amount to anything. So I see them aggressively pursuing him in hopes to help Daniel Jones develop more as a quarterback and help kind of help his progression go along a lot smoother. And just think about it this way, though. If they get him and Kyle Pitts at 11, how insane would that offense be? Like, Daniel Jones would have no excuses to not succeed, right? Yeah, I definitely think they're in need of a wide receiver. And with Kenny Galladay's height, I think he could benefit any team in the NFL, but especially Daniel Jones, who it's kind of sporadic at times. I think Kenny Galladay could be a, a nice target for him when he's kind of panicking in the pocket or stuff like that just to kind of throw it up to him. So I think that'd be a great, great pick for them um, or a great pickup for them. But we'll see where he ends up. Like you said, Dolphins and Giants are the two hottest teams on the radar for Galladay. Well, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams in the mix for him. I think he's going to have a pretty good market. Um, and I could see him getting around the same contract Amari Cooper got last year. But whoever gets him, they'll have an amazing wide receiver that's only going to help them out, right? If he can stay healthy, it's going to be an amazing free agent signing. So whether it's the um, Giants or the Dolphins, I think both are great options. And it's really going to come down to who offers him more money. You know, now, something to think about, though, let's say Kenny Galladay does go to the Dolphins like you're predicting. They were a rumor to take a wide receiver at three. What do they do? Do they go CUL if he's on the board? Do they trade back to with a quarterback needy team? That's my prediction if they get Kenny Galladay. What do you how do you see that shaking out the draft? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Uh the biggest thing kind of what I pointed out is if the Dolphins do pick him up, then you're looking at Smith is probably not going to go to them. So I think that's the biggest takeaway with this. If the Giants do pick up Galladay, he, he'd be a, a great piece for them and kind of help them contend in the NFC East. Yeah, a lot of this is going to be a crazy offseason and I feel like wherever Kenny Galladay goes, whether I'm expecting it or not, I'll kind of be shocked, you know, just because, like, wow, this really happened. Um, did you know, though, he did go to the University of North Dakota, the best FCS team um, in college football right now. So I just wanted to put that out there. Let's now talk about Trent Williams. Trent Williams, he's expected to become the highest paid tackle in the NFL this offseason. He's in his early 30s. We all know tackles can play into their late 30s. So there's not really a risk with that right now. Where do you see him landing this offseason? Yeah, I like you said, he's definitely going to get a, in store for a large paycheck. But before we talk about destinations, I think it's important to kind of look at the future of the 49ers offensive line. Uh, this move definitely kind of increases the interest or the demand for the 49ers to draft a tackle this year. 
Um, I'm, I'm curious, do you think they're going to pick someone up in the draft to replace him, or what do you think they're going to do? Well, I heard from my sources they have their eye on Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, who is one of my favorite prospects in this draft, and I think if they end up getting him, they he'll like be replaceable for Trent Williams. But, I mean, you traded for him last offseason with the intent to re-sign him. So I, I think that's ultimately what they'll do. I feel like he'll field offers from a few different teams, but ultimately stay in San Francisco. One thing to note, though, is I would not be surprised if the Seahawks were in the mix for him because his contract, it may be hard for them to handle and make work. But if they want to keep Russ in Seattle and they have to try to make an effort to try to build that offensive line and protect him. And I think that would be perfect for Russ to keep him temporarily a little bit more happier. Um, and so I expect Seattle to be make a pretty competitive offer to try to stake the Niners star tackle. But ultimately, I just think the Niners will offer a little bit more. Yeah, just to kind of point out the significance of this, um, you don't see offensive linemen of the caliber of Williams go on the free agent market. So this is an opportunity for some teams to really jump at him because, like you said, he's got a ton of talent. And, you know, teams are more inclined to re-sign their offensive linemen just because we've started to realize over the past couple of years how valuable a solid offensive line is. I mean, you look at the the Chiefs this year, and they were missing their their – one of their offensive linemen and Patrick Mahomes could not get off very many passes. So I think offensive line is probably the most important part of a football team. So it's super rare to see him on the market, but definitely look for the 49ers to resign him. And if not, some teams are going to throw out some hefty offers. Yeah. Especially as a left tackle with that blind spot, that is one of the highest, like the most, I want to say most valuable positions in football right now, just because when you do have a star quarterback, you want to protect him and you want to make sure he's healthy and left tackles are just going to get paid a lot more and more throughout these next few years, just like quarterbacks are because they're just, they're that valuable. And I think Trent Williams will have a hefty payday and he will obviously be the highest paid tackling NFL by one or 2 million. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Packers and the Chiefs back-to-back games that the Patri- or that the um, Tampa Bay Bucks played. They both were missing their left tackles, and I think that was one of the key reasons they lost. So, the the left tackle position is is hard to come by these days, and and like you said, it's super important. So, so we'll see where he ends up. So for our next star free agent, we were going to be talking about Levante David. But 30 minutes up to when we started recording, when I was preparing, he signed a two-year, $25 million extension to stay with the Bucks, which has $20 million guaranteed. Definitely a discount for him. You say you want to be the highest-paid linebacker. He obviously changed his mind. Still a good payday, though. Um, yeah, so we couldn't talk about him. He got signed. Then I was thinking, hey, maybe we talk about Shaq Barrett. But I had a feeling that he will probably get re-signed by the Bucks by the time this podcast episode airs uh maybe he won't we'll see um so then our focus shifted to hunter henry hunter henry he's been a valuable tight end there's not many of those guys like him out there it's top 10 tight end where do you see him going this offseason he was not franchise tagged like many thought he would yeah my favorite pick by far for this one is the new england patriots 
And the reason I say that is just because what people don't understand is Bill Belichick has really admired Hunter Henry over the years. Um, I, I've seen comments that have come out over the past years about how, how much Bill Belichick likes Hunter Henry, not only as a player, but as a person. And I think after Rob Gronkowski left, the Patriots have really struggled to kind of fill that tight end spot. So I think Hunter Henry kind of fits the mold. He kind of has a similar play style to Rob Gronkowski. And so I think that would be a fantastic fit for both the Patriots and Hunter Henry, because I think he would really um, do well under that system with Bill Belichick. Yeah. I, I like that as a possibility too. In my opinion though, I think he will stay with the chargers, maybe test out the market. Um, but I just think he'll stay with the Chargers because you look at their potential and you look at Justin Herbert with new coaching staff, everything. He knows that in two years, the Chargers are going to be right there in you know, competing with the Chiefs. So I think he'll ultimately stay because he knows the future is bright in LA and that he'll want to be a part of it. But I think the Patriots and Bills, I would not rule out the possibility for those two teams. I think they can make a strong push for him because, like you said, Patriots have not had a good tight end since Kronk left. Uh, Matt Lacrosse, I think, is a starting tight end. No shade on him. But I had to look him up because, I, I mean, he, he's just not he's not helpful for a quarterback. So the Patriots, they need a lot of weapons this offseason, and Henry could get paid the money he wants to go to New England. Um but another destination that I mentioned is Buffalo. You know, he said he wanted to play with a good quarterback, and Buffalo has that in Josh Allen. And he would have a legitimate chance to compete for a Super Bowl every single year of his contract. So I think that could potentially be a good fit there as well. Yeah, after watching last season, the Bills are definitely a contender, and I think he would do well with Josh Allen. Um but yeah, the, the teams we've kind of brought up are, are the most talked about, whether he decides to stay in L.A., goes to the Patriots or the Bills. Um, again, I just want to reiterate the, the relationship he has with Bill Belichick, so I think the Patriots will, will try and get him over there. But either way, I think all three teams kind of have a brighter future. Um, the Patriots, not so much as, as the Bills and Chargers, but we all know what Bill Belichick is capable of, so I think that's a good destination but either either way hunter henry i think is one of the up and coming you know one of the better tight ends in the league so he can provide value wherever he ends up yeah i guess another like kind of like a dark horse team would be the colts you know they have a ton of um cap space and they don't really have a tight end jack doyle is not very good neither is trey burton so you bring in hunter henry you give you say, you say Carson Wentz, here's these weapons, go to work, and I think it could it could be possible. But I ultimately think that he will stay with the Chargers, like I mentioned in the beginning. Um, but yeah, these three teams could be great destinations, um, and it'll be cool to see what happens there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where he ends up. All right, Brooks, moving back to the defensive side of the ball, we're going to talk about Trey Hendrickson. As the listeners know, he had a tremendous season last year with the Saints and kind of was one of those Pro Bowl snubs. So I'm curious to think where you, he's going to end up this year, Brooks. Yeah, I think he's a tremendous player. Just the Saints don't have the money to pay him. So my pick after seeing the Saints franchise take Marcus Williams, 
um, over him, like I predicted, um, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I made a post about this, but I'm kind of going to go a little bit more in-depth now that Marks Williams got tagged. Um, I see the 26-year-old pass rusher um, cashing in during free agency and going back to his home state of Florida um, to sign with the Jaguars just because there he will get the money he wants and he'll be closer to family and friends. He'll be a perfect fit for both sides. And the Jaguars right now, they're trying to bring in new culture, new young stars, and Hendrickson fits that mold perfectly. He's a hard worker, and I think Urban Meyer would love to get to work with him. He had 13 and a half sacks, like I mentioned, um, last year. And if he can do that again um, next year, he'll be an instant impact player for the Jags and kind of help them get that rebuild kick-started. Yeah, another team I want to bring up here is the Cleveland Browns. They've made it pretty evident that they want to upgrade the defensive side of the ball this year, and they also made it clear that they want to try and find someone to play alongside alongside Miles Garrett. So after we saw many people had J.J. Watt maybe ending up with the Browns, and after we saw him end up with Arizona, you know, Trey Hendrickson could be a name that could end up going there. I think the Browns have an up-and-coming team, and to, we all know – the caliber that Miles Garrett brings to the table. So if they could find someone like Trey Hendrickson to complement that, I think they could have a pretty legitimate defense next year. Yeah, I like that pick a lot just because they have a ton of cap space. You know, they've been willing to go after some stars. Um, do I think that would be the best fit for them um, scheme-wise? I, I, I guess I don't know. I feel like they could go after some other players possibly, but it wouldn't be bad at all for them. Um, wherever he goes, though, I feel like he will get a pretty good payday, um, but it just won't be with the Saints. I think we can both agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Either way, he's not you know, the most exciting player in free agency, but he's one of those players that can add a lot of value to a team, a lot of value to their defense, and not cost you an arm and a leg. So I think he, he's a great player. I think a lot of teams are going to consider him just because of the level of play he brought last year. And, you know, most importantly, he just, when he ran as a defensive end, he just displayed a ton of power. So I think it'll be interesting to see where he where he ends up. But either way, he's going to provide a lot of value and, and upgrade whatever defense he goes to. Yeah. I can't wait, though, to see where all these free agents end up. Um, obviously, I'm super stoked that Dak got extended. Um, finally, it took long enough. But... Free agency is just around the corner, um, and we'll be giving you some free agent podcasts as they're happening. Uh, I feel like we'll do one the day of free agency when it opens up um, that night, and then we could do two in a week, so just be on the lookout for that. Uh, Andrew, thank you for hopping on the podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. See ya.